Our Super Bowl 47 coverage rolls right along here. Big media day in the Superdome. Darren McFarland here. And we're just kind of waiting for the Baltimore Ravens to uh, take the podium. And while we've got a little downtime, Sal Palantonio has been nice enough to stop by. ESPN reporter, Sal, how you doing? Glad I could fill your downtime, Darren. <laughs> well, you know, we're all trying to figure out something to do with the craziness uh, until the Ravens got, get here. Yeah, well, I've been covering the Ravens basically since they lost to Denver uh, back in December. And I've been with them through the entire playoff run, sort of embedded with them. I'm embedded in their hotel. And uh, I am fascinated by how this has all worked out for them. You know, uh, team of destiny, whatever you want to call it, but... For a team to fire their offensive coordinator with three weeks left, land on their feet like this, double-digit dogs on the road, beat Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, it's truly a remarkable ride for Ray Lewis and this crew. I'm, of all the teams that I've covered in the Super Bowl, I've never seen anything like this. This is my 20th Super Bowl. And you, I told you beforehand, we're in Nashville, so you can imagine this team has bestowed a lot of grief upon this yeah. city over the years. I mean, we all remember the run in 2000 when the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC. Home field advantage throughout. The Ravens came in there and knocked them out in the first round, 2008. Number one seed. Ravens come to Nashville, knock them out of the playoffs. I mean, we've seen this before. Yeah, you know what? They, they know how to win on the road, and that's always been the hallmark of that franchise. And now you have a new generation of players led by Joe Flacco and their ability to have ice water in their veins on the road. It's pretty impressive. I did not think they were going to beat the Broncos. Few people did, and the way that they did it was truly remarkable. I did have them beating the Patriots, even though they were they started out as 10-point underdogs in that game. I thought they were just a more physical team. And in the end, in the playoffs, if you have a team that plays with a level of violence... Uh, and physicality, you usually can beat teams that try to finesse their way to points. You know, I figured it out, Sal. If you want your quarterback to take you to the Super Bowl, just question his leadership, question whether he's an elite quarterback, if he's the cream of the crop. I mean, the Giants went through all this with Eli. All he did was win two Super Bowls. And really, this year, everybody's questioning Joe Flacco. Is he really an elite quarterback? And here he sits. Yeah, and he has 62 wins regular and postseason most of any quarterback in a five-year period since the beginning of the Super Bowl era so I think he can pretty much put to rest the issue of whether he's elite you know and everybody knows his contract situation and he's going to get about he's going to get Peyton Manning money I think he and Matt Ryan came out the same year in, in, in that draft five years ago Ryan's going to get 20 million a year Flacco's going to get 20 million a year People say, you know, they're going to use the franchise tag on them. I don't think so because that's going to screw up their salary cap for next season. But, you know, when you look at this team and the way it's constituted with Ray Lewis, Ed Reed at 34, Terrell Suggs coming off a major injury in his 10th year, this team, I think, will take advantage of this particular window and then this window will close fairly quickly. So I don't think the Ravens will be a major issue down the road with this this particular ball club breaking up pretty quick. You know, we always have to rank everybody. I don't know why, but we have to do that. Uh, first ballot seems to be a big issue, so where does Ray Lewis fit into those categories? Is he the greatest of all time? Where do you put him, and is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? He's definitely a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, and as you know, Darren, I am a member of the Hall of Fame voting committee. We vote on Saturday 
for the 2013 class. And Jonathan Ogden is on the ballot as a first-time uh, nominee. And I, I think that he's a first-ballot Hall of Famer, but uh, I think Lewis, without a doubt to me, is uh, you know top three linebackers and four linebackers all time behind Butkus and, and Nitschke and maybe probably better than Singletary. I'm trying to th- I'm, I'm leaving somebody out, but that's pretty much the list. By the way, Brad Hopkins is on our morning show, and Jonathan Ogden cost him several Pro Bowls over the years. <laughs> yeah, but Jonathan Ogden's going to have a tough time going in because Larry Allen of the Cowboys is is also a first ballot guy this year, and I think that Allen was more dominant at guard than Ogden was at left tackle. And there are a lot of people there who debate whether Ogden should be a first ballot guy or you could have two offensive linemen to go in as first ballot guys this year when the ballot you know, is uh, in such competition. On the other side, read option. You know, we, we've been introduced to the pistol and the read option. It's garnered a lot of attention this year. Do you think, Sal, this is something that can stick in the NFL, or are defenses too good and they'll figure this out? I think it's going to stick, but you got to have the right quarterback to run it. And this is a different read option than RG3's read option or Russell Wilson's. This particular one, you know, the, it's called the ride-and-decide offense. That's what Colin Kaepernick's coach called it in college. There's no pitch-back option. It's a one-back set. And Collins either going to put the ball in the belly of the back or he's going to run it or he's going to throw it. He doesn't have a pitch option. So he's going to ride and decide down the line of scrimmage. And I thought he did a brilliant job of looking what the Falcons showed him and making a decision both pre- and post-snap, which is remarkable considering how much experience he has. But I think in a going against a 3-4 defense... With this level of savvy and veteran leadership, it's going to be a whole different challenge for him in this game. As you can imagine, we're trying to figure out what Jake Locker is. It's still early on in his career for the Titans, but uh, maybe your, your quick assessment, uh, you know, maybe do the, the Titans need to explore an offense like this? He's a guy that has running ability. Good question, don't know. Uh, but they got to do it pretty quick because I think Mike Munchak's uh, – He's in what you would call a career year situation. He's got one more year, and that's it. This is a, He's got to make himself uh, get this thing together and get this team together. they got to make the playoffs, or he's probably gone. So whatever they're going to do, the changes cannot be that drastic to set them back because I don't think the ownership and the fans are going to buy the fact that, oh, we took a step back to take a step forward. Uh, I don't think so. Last thing, who's your winner? I think the Ravens will win 31-30. I got the Ravens winning 31-30 on a Justin Tucker field goal to win it. That'll be an exciting game, exciting finish. Yeah, it will be. I was here 12 years ago when Adam Vinatieri kicked it through those uprights (laughs) to beat the Rams, and I was standing right here, literally ran out onto the field and interviewed Vinatieri uh, one of the first people to get to him. It was a remarkable finish. It was a day that I was on this sideline right here, Darren. And uh, before the game, I had finagled my way onto the field to meet Paul McCartney. <laughs> and I met him right down there. He came out of that tunnel down there. 
everybody said he was coming out of this tunnel, but I had a friend who was a security in the FBI who told me, you know, he was coming out of that tunnel, and I waited for him, and I was by myself. <laughs> and I have a picture with Paul McCartney from that day that I still have on my desk from 12 years ago. It was a big, big moment right after 9-11, because I had a lot of friends who died in 9-11. I grew up in New York. And it was a very, very emotional day for a lot of us uh, New Yorkers. Nice finish. That's called a walk-off finish. Job well done. Enjoy your work. Thanks for doing this. My pleasure. Anytime. Sal Palantonio, ESPN. We appreciate him stopping by.